0: guys welcome back to another episode of socal watch reviews i am miguel this is episode 27 with me of course I got my boys P and Fred. How you guys? Good
1: morning.
2: Doing? Yo, yo, yo! What's up, people? It's your boy P Rouse. I'm out of the building right now, but I'm trying to get back in. So, what's good? <laughs> okay.
1: Well, so it's all gone. right. In my morning. Not usually. Not usually when I do these, but. Uh,
0: good morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. So- good morning. Good morning. So let's let's let uh, so people listening as as we've said it before, we always record in the morning for whatever reason we couldn't record this morning. So now it's nighttime for for uh, us in the US. So P, myself, uh, it's nighttime, but Fred is is morning over there. So P, what's going on? How come you're not in the building? That that makes me very sad. What's going on?
2: Oh man, I am very very tired. I stayed up till three o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. Drinking and partying and
0: You want to tell the people why?
2: On online partying and shit. You know, uh my birthday passed. I turned happy, a a meager forty six years old.
0: Happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you birthday. very much. Thank you very
2: much. Well, well deserved.
0: So why didn't you uh why don't you share uh, with us? You you told me your wife got you a few things. Pretty cool. Oh yeah, she got me a uh a, a lot of lighting. Uh, cool.
2: Cameras and stuff, you know what I mean. And um, she's really into like this uh, underclothes thing, so she wants me to throw away a lot of my underwear
0: and replace. So, she's replaced them with brand new underwear and socks and t-shirts and. Oh, I thought she got you the talking. elephant thong, right? The the elephant with the trunk in the front. Is that, is that the one you were Mm-mm. telling me about?
2: Mm-mm. No, oh, n- uh. what that's... me? That might have been
0: Fred you was talking to. Me. Oh no, Frank! No. <laughs> Frank got the cheetah ones. <laughs> you know, so that's cool, man. You got a, you got a, you got a cool wife there. So yeah. wrist check, guys. What, what are you guys wearing? Um, Venice Seco Seiko five from ninety one. Nice. Very nice, very nice. That's about the year that uh, Fred was born. Actually, I don't even know when he was born. Probably later than that. <laughs> I was born ninety one. Oh, oh, birth watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, buddy? What are you wearing, Fred?
1: I literally just uh, put on my Seamaster 300. It's still on the NATO strap because it's starting to get hot over here. So
0: I'm not, I think it's, I've exited leather strap season. Okay. Mm. Very cool. Well, today I am wearing something that I never, ever wear because it's a little too big for me, but it brings back really good memories. And it's the Bulova Precisionist. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Wife was pregnant and she gifted me this and she was like, happy Father's Day. And I was so confused. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what are you talking about? like i'm pregnant though. not she had already we knew she was pregnant but i'm just saying it it didn't i didn't dawn on me and i was like yeah you're absolutely right yes yeah Father's Day. okay cool and and the thing is i i I love this watch from the minute that i saw it and i wasn't into watches like i am now of course right so this is five years ago so you know, big pieces were a thing, right? Big watches, and and I always saw Bulova in the store, so I was like, oh, Bulova must be a really good brand. I don't, I don't know. So we saw we see it in Nordstrom and Macy's and department stores. So, um, nonetheless, I fell in love with it. Uh, and then when I got it as a gift, I it just means so much to me, you know. So I don't wear it a yeah. lot because it's super heavy and it's big, but when I do wear it, it's, it just reminds me of of that, you know. So right on. So yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, today we're gonna be talking about something. That I think um, it's gonna appeal to a lot of people. I know it appeal it, it appeals to me because I, I really like vintage watches. I think well I don't think I know P loves vintage watches. Yeah. I don't know so much Fred. Yeah. Fred, how do you feel about vintage pieces?
1: Uh in general I love them. Like I okay. honestly, in general I love them. But like um for me my biggest thing is on the one hand, I feel if I was to get a vintage piece, it like I haven't lived anywhere or been in a buying position anywhere where I had enough confidence in in the stores to like want to buy something vintage because I'm always just very worried if I buy vintage. I want to make sure it's like well maintained, you know, well taken care of, still working all that. But aesthetically, like I love vintage watches. And like you know, at the end of the day, some of my favorite watches are inspired from much older designs. So I got a lot of respect for vintage. respect both of y'all for getting into that vintage space because it's not easy, you know, especially. Right, right. Yeah. I imagine buying the first one is like is probably like nerve wracking. You know? Like, okay, is it a good? Is it a good buy? Is it a good buy? Is it gonna? Is it gonna work or anything like that? But I got a lot of respect for Vince sure. I Hopefully, we'll have even good Watch in my collection at some point.
2: Right. So, what would be your ideal vintage watch?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, it might be a bit cliche, but I do like the idea of getting like an old gold uh, thirty-six millimeter date. Yeah, Day Day mm. kind of like a classic right? classic one That's Scarface style um, also like when I thought of maybe a uh, studio I thought maybe mm-hmm. instead of getting a current one you know get a proper vintage one there's a lot of nice ones out there yeah um, there's a lot of options you know like and that's the other thing it's just it's such a huge world it's like there's already enough watches on the market like currently on sale recently discontinued you know last 10 years type of thing it's like then you enter vintage. It's like probably hundreds of thousands of different references and variants. Like it's it's crazy. I find it overwhelming to think about. <laughs> but yeah. one, I I do really want to, but at some at some point, have at least one good classic vintage piece.
0: Right. Cool. Cool. I well, I had That's a good. had a really a pretty scary experience when I. So when I first got into watches, the very first watch that I, I properly got into. And then into you or, then
2: you do a video on that? Who? You, Miguel. did you do a me? video on
0: that where you had bought a the Omega? Like, yeah, the Omega. I, yeah. I did, but I deleted it. Okay. It was like early in my channel days. Right. But uh but that was so okay, so let me backtrack. So the the I obviously I just talked about the precisionist and stuff like that, but um, the first watch that I bought as a watch watch enthusiast was the SKX, the Seiko SKX. Uh, I was like, I don't even know what I'm getting myself into, automatic. And I was just kind of like, you know, I already had a few fashion watches in my collection. And Of course, this Beloba. And I was like, well, all right, let's give it a shot. And I found love, right? But I picked that SKX brand new, right? It was brand new. And every at that point, every watch in my collection, it was brand new, right? It wasn't pre-owned. But I do remember the second piece uh, that I picked up pre-owned, and I was super nervous. And it wasn't vintage. It was the SNA-411, the Flight Master, what they call the Flight Master, the Seiko. And I was just so nervous. I remember my wife telling me, that's a lot of money. It was like $147. But to her, that's a lot of money, you know? So sure enough, I bought it, and and it turned out pretty good. But then I started looking at vintage pieces because I was like, there's something about the – vintage world that has so much charm to it i didn't really know what it was i mean you know now i look back and it's the patina patina was a, is a huge thing for me when the loom patina is, just has such a charm to it the size of it as well so the very first proper vintage watch that i bought it was 400 and no 375 dollars bought it off of ebay It was an Omega Seamaster with the seconds hand at the bottom. So the second repeater is kind of like, I forget the reference number, but I was super nervous, especially because I asked the guy for a discount. He's like, you know what? We could go off of eBay, um, pay me via PayPal, and it was coming from Greece. So I just took a shot, you know, and I was like, let's do it. Now, I'm no vintage expert, but the, the time that I had it, the watch worked. Uh, I saw the movement. Everything seemed original. I'm sure maybe had some newer parts, but I got so confident. I started buying pre and got some other vintage pieces. Now this, I'm going to get to the story of what P was talking about. So I was ready to pull the trigger on my first expensive watch. I had about $1,300 to my name. I had sold a few pieces and I was really eager to get an Omega Speedmaster reduce. So, I pulled the trigger on that guy, bought it on eBay. The guy was here in L.A. Um, But anyways, in the description, he basically said, recently serviced, you know, working like a champ, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So I got it in. First thing I noticed, the dial was a little off. I was like, okay. (laughs) Then the pushers felt a little soft. I was like, that's not good. And then to top it off, it was losing time. It was losing about three to four minutes a day. So I was like... This is definitely not service. I feel like I got ripped off and I was so pissed off. But luckily, when you buy on eBay, you get your money back. And sure enough, that's what I did. So I had that in my collection for about three days. Then I was like, no, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not buying vintage or pre owned, especially not this expensive. Uh, two weeks later, I bought the Omega that I have now, <laughs> the 3511.50. Mm-hmm. But I bought it from Japan, and I was even more of a risk. Now, my wife was really, like, on me. I was just like, hey, so let me get this straight. You bought a watch from a guy in L.A., which is where we kind of live. We're in California. He's not that far from us. And he turned out to be a liar. Now you're going to buy a watch from Japan Yes, because that's any better, Miguel. I was like, you know what? I have a good feeling about this one. I started doing a lot of research. And funny thing is... I don't speak Japanese, of course, but I found the store that was selling this. I did my research. I went to their Japanese website. I ended up um, translating their whole page to English and ended up having a conversation. I literally called them. I'm like, I asked my wife, I'm like, you know what? I might have to uh, do a collect call to Japan is that okay I, for this watch he's like oh man you're crazy whatever so what I did I had Google translate open my, on my computer and I translated. it Google translates things for you so I'll, I'll type something and I'll put it in Japanese and we were talking like that via mm. the computer he was talking Japanese to me and I was talking English and we were able to communicate I got the watch I've had it for I don't know two years now or something and it's, mm, it's worked mm, like mm. a champ so that's my story <laughs> wow it's yeah. this is crazy. it's crazy, amazing.
1: How old does yeah. a watch have to be for y'all to consider a vintage? Because like I've that's, seen something that's like Twenty five years. Other people say it has to be more. Like what? What is that? Nah, uh,
2: I think I would in this, say at
0: least twenty five thirty. I think early nineties, right? Like ninety. Yeah, yeah ninety, ninety one, ninety. Yeah, yeah. ninety one. and Under. Yeah, ninety one. Like oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. I mean, okay. So, what would the other ones be considered a transitional, a transitional piece? <laughs> what do you mean, like before what? Uh, like after ninety two, you know, after ninety two, up until I don't know. Like what they something call mid, it, like
1: something something mid nineties. How do you classify that? Is that just old?
0: Yeah, That's it's a good just question. Old.
1: They, they call it
2: some oh, man. What is it? Uh, pre vintage. It's like yeah, not pre vintage. It's like. Oh man, I forgot. Vintage, ambitious. Because like no, if you go back term. so far, it's like antique. Like after... uh, antique is like much older, antique right? Yeah, that's what I'm vintage. saying. Like yeah. way, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like antique, vintage, and then um, uh, yeah.
1: Clearly, we didn't yeah. prepare for this episode.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> we man. don't know the proper terms,
1: but right. Well, because I, I do I, have I a think... lot of watches on the pre-vintage or whatever that term that we're looking for is but it's interesting also thinking because if you if we're saying let's say 30 years right with brands like Rolex for example the 16610 Submariner and the 16710 GMT both those were released in 89 but they ran until like the mid 2000s so then it's like how do you classify that like the model the reference the design is technically vintage on that basis barely but just there but you can get one, like it adds like so much complexity to it trying to figure out like am i getting vintage or not right it's an interesting thing because from what i've seen no one has a clear definition of exactly what it is
0: right I hear a lot of guys like uh go ahead i'm sorry I was going to say Cameron, like from Craft and Tailored. If you haven't checked out his channel, go check it out. It's on YouTube. We had him on the show before, and he specializes in vintage pieces. And I've heard him talk before about transitional pieces. So basically, Rolex, of course, he talks about the transition between, you know, they were going from acrylic to sapphire. And then from matte dials to, like, glossy dials and and so forth and and, and so on. So it's that that sweet spot where those pieces are becoming super collectible and super rare now because you get the tritium that you don't get in the earlier models, right? And a lot of those, you know, mid-80s, maybe earlier 80s, they're not cost-certified. But what does it matter? You know, you're still getting the Rolex. Now, the quality is not going to be the same. But, yeah, how do you define it? How do you classify it? I don't know. But uh, but what I do know, and I think this is the topic of today, is that vintage is so big, especially because of Houdini, Warren Wound, and a blog to watch, and you know they keep talking about vintage inspired things or whatever. That a lot of companies, lean, you know, uh, microbrands, Baltic, Automar P G, just came out with something. They're all vintage inspired, right? So I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today. What's that appeal? Why why are why are companies doing this, you know, and do we like them personally, you know, so, right. Um, so I know, uh, you know, P and, and, and myself, we just did a video, a uh, new segment that we have called 10 minute wind down where we kind of talked about a watch in Space it's like 10 Minutes, and we talked about the Baltic X, and it's truly inspired by, by uh, older watches. And uh, I don't know if you guys, well, obviously Pete did, but Fred, did you get a chance to check that one out?
1: Yeah, I did. And I wanted to congratulate both of you all. I liked the idea of the new segment, and kudos to you for being able to talk for just 10 minutes. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm incapable of talking <laughs> less than 10 minutes
0: at a watch. <laughs> y'all see, like, now- my
1: video's like 15 minutes long, and that's after I cut them
0: down. Like oh god you know and and it's so funny i've I've actually gotten the opposite people people go your videos or your reviews are like three to five minutes like how do you do it or how do you and to be honest with you it's like i don't really talk like like right now like when we do a podcast i just kind of i don't i don't do it i don't script anything you know but when i do my videos i do because i want to sound knowledgeable you know but writing a script it's a lot of work, you know, and it's like when I do my videos, it's like three, four pages long. I'm like, dang, can you imagine if I did ten minutes? It'd probably be like a whole essay. Like, I, I don't, I don't know about that, you know? Right. Yeah, like I, okay. I don't script mine. Okay. I just like
1: have like a few points I want to touch on, but I just, I don't know. I just get so into it, it's like it's, it's difficult to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> like I end up making yeah, like, so much of myself. I was like, no, you're
2: gonna all right, people. You know, check this out. Check this out. Antique watches are at least a hundred years old. Yeah. Mm. Vintage okay. watches are at least twenty years old. Okay. Anything after vintage is considered modern. Modern,
0: okay, yeah. So twenty years, dang. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, what you're saying is that anything 1999 and under is really considered a vintage. vintage. Yes, what? yes. Oh, Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think in my head I still consider
1: vintage being something like you know, 80s at the latest. Right, but I think that's also because yeah. like. I only started getting into like watches and stuff like what two years ago or something like that. And that's the collection right. that I have a concept of vintage for. Or well actually cars as well. But even then it's like I've been into cars since like the early two right. thousands. So maybe that's why in my head like vintage starts right. in the eighties, you know?
2: And vintage for a car may not be the same thing
0: for a watch too. True. You true. What I'm saying?
1: Very true. And of
0: course, let's not forget, I mean, as years go by, now vintage is going to be at one point, it'll be like a 2000 model or it's going to be vintage, you know, and Mm. then vice versa. Antiques now, something from the 50s is going to be antiques or whatever. Yeah, I think think that point of
1: reference is going to be really important. I think like for us, for example, in 20 years, when people are calling stuff from the 2000 vintage, we're probably going to be saying like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not vintage.
0: Right, because right, the yeah. uh-huh. they were new, <laughs> you know. Right, right, of course, of course, that's just the way it is. Yeah, but but what do you, what do you think? Big brands like this, right, like Audemars Piguet and Breitling and and, and so on. Why do you think they bring back these old models? Well, what, what is it about it? Is it is it the aesthetic? Is it the size? I know a lot of people are sizing down their watches a little bit. You know the the, the days of the big 15 millimeter Panerai are are. I don't want to say long gone, but they're not popular anymore. You know, people like something a little bit more dressy. And it fits probably, what, what, what 40 millimeters and sub right? 40 I millimeters?
2: A, I think it's a certain a certain class with it. You know what I mean? That you just don't get nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A,
1: a, a real life sexiness. Yeah, and they, you they, know? Just, they have a lot more personality to them. Like, right. they have a lot more charm to them. There's a lot more... Like you said, this class, there's charm to it—it's got something about it. Like design, all the designs are just better. Like yeah. modern designs are usually very lifeless, you know, because a lot of it, right? You know, they're bringing these back from times where, like, these companies were just making stuff, like, trying to make the best-looking watch they could, not right—the best-selling watch they could,
2: right? right. And a lot,
1: and a lot of times they were made by
2: hand back then. You yeah, know what I mean, like. Like right now, most of them made on assembly line, and you know, with machines. You know, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that, but you know, it was it was a time where you know people really put the work in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And made a great piece. Like a lot of Venice pieces I have, I don't really see like none of them that look like that on the market
0: now, unless it's like something like what Baltic did, which is. yeah baltic i mean i'm looking at it now again revisiting this and i'm just so angry with them that they did a a limited release of 100 pieces each because these things are just beautiful 38 millimeters you got that salmon dial uh in the middle of the dial you get this really cool texture um i don't know (laughs) i just think Mm. it's so cool I, i especially love that uh you know, sector dial, and that, that chronograph is so sexy. And yeah. I, like I, like I I've said before, something about uh, the pushers being that way without having a screw down, is just, it's just so nice. Mm-hmm. It's like, so nice. They look, screw
1: down pushers look cool, but they're pain in the ass. Like, when I had them on my right. tour, like 90% of the reason I didn't use the chronograph on my tuner was because I wasn't fucked to change the pushers.
0: And mm. I didn't yeah. want to leave them open. Do you think that's why the Speedy's so popular? Just because it has that classic design?
1: Yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, they got it right. They haven't had to change it for what fifty, sixty years, mm. so, fifty years, I think. Um, yeah. So, like you know, there's something about, especially sixties design in general. I think fifty sixties design was where there was a lot of a lot of character. Yeah, the board making stuff to be beautiful. You look at stuff, and like I'm talking in general, not just in watches. You look at you know around the '80s is when there was a lot of sort of trying to force modernity and technology into stuff. '90s is when stuff started getting a bit bland, but still a bit of charm. And in my view 2000s onwards is when we sort of kind of lost our way in terms of making stuff that really looks good. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like, I agree across, across the board on everything: cars, architecture, fashion, like. I think there's a certain charm about like the '60s aesthetically that right. like, very few other de-
0: decades have. '50s, well, 60s really nailed it. Well, let's let's stick with the '60s, right? So, if I obviously didn't live through that, and neither I don't think any of us, but no, but, no, 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 no. But looking looking at, at at pictures and videos and hearing stories from you know our parents, everybody wore a watch. Right. everybody yeah. wore a watch men you know wore a lot of suits everybody everybody cared about their image and now it's just like everybody looks so sloppy you know it's just like i don't know what's going on that's why i i guess and, and again i've said this before the tgb urban gentry was appealing to me when i first got into watches because something about the way that he presented himself and, you know, the clothes he wore or, or, and then the watches and everything. I was like, dang, that's he looks like a gentleman. He acts like a gentleman. And uh, that's I mean, I, w- I would like to to emulate that. You know, I would like to be somebody that dresses nice every day and wears a nice watch every day. I quickly, you know, <laughs> I realize the truth. I saw. I saw the light and I, I uh, no longer watch his channel, but nonetheless, I mean you know, we we yeah. <laughs> I was drinking uh I was drinking that Kool-Aid for a while, but uh I even hey. started speaking with an English accent. <laughs> I'm just <No>. kidding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The whole time I thought it was an English accent, it turns out it was just a Hispanic accent. But, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but no, you know, I it's it's, it's charming to me. And, and in my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, the reason I like vintage watches, like you said, Fred, is it's so the design is so rich and I love the the patina, the patina they create, the the case design, the the size of these guys. So for me, Modern companies, or I mean, not modern companies. Companies bringing older-looking watches to a newer audience and making them look. Uh, okay, let me let me backtrack. Making watches like vintage, but with all the all the new bells and whistles. That's super cool because you can't wear. That's the reason I don't wear some of my vintage watches. There's no water resistance, right? You bang right, them up right. against something, you're like, oops. Is it still working? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, A lot of them maybe is like, do they even make parts for this thing? I really have no yes. idea. So to to, to have, uh, let's talk about the Automar Piguet, right? Audemars Piguet just came out with this bad boy. It's the RE Master 01. It's a self-winding chronograph. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks beautiful. I beautiful. mean, you, you look at it and, and you're like, this definitely looks from... I don't know the 20s the 30s i mean oh, it's from the from the yeah. 43, 43,
1: 43, 40,
0: 43.
2: 1943
0: 53,100. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's not talk no, about no, the price okay,
2: uh, uh, <laughs> no i want to i want to kind of translate the price okay what would the price have been
0: in 43 huh think? for inflation that's that's uh uh, or another did. way to look at it is, what would one of
1: these or something like this in mint condition be if you wanted to buy it vintage? That's another way you got to look at it. This is a new, right, one. right, right. right if true, you want to find one of these new old stock, I don't imagine you'd be paying less than fifty than fifty grand, right? Ooh, yeah, that's that's. It, that's
2: it, a lot of is, money.
1: It is beautiful though. It's a. Uh... Oh wait. It's definitely nice. And I like, like touching on what you said before, Miguel, you know, about servicing and reliability and water resistance. For someone like me, for example, who's been sort of resistant or slow to get into vintage, because I'm thinking about, you know, it, is it well-serviced? Does it work? Uh, is it going to be reliable? Can I service it? For me, this is a good sort of bridge to vintage because it's a way to yeah. get that appeal. Essentially, eliminating all of the risks. Now, I know some people, some like vintage fishing will say, No, that's just a cop out, get the real thing. Correct. Yep. But on the same token, also, it's a way to get into it. And also, you were talking about how companies are sizing down. For me, I actually see it as the opposite. In many ways, you have some of these vintage designs that, for me, are just too small. They're smaller than what I'm used to, at least. You know, like I normally sit around okay. sort of the 40 42 range. And some of these ratios they bring them up to modern-ish sizing. You know, they don't bring them up to, like, 45 or crazy stuff. Right. That's not even what's, sort of, today's sizing. You know, bring it up to, you know, 39, 40 from, because some of these, they're beautiful designs that are like, 30 millimeters. It's, like, 30, 32 millimeters. Like, I,
0: I see what you're saying. So, I agree. I think I they agree. do
1: offer a nice, sort of, transition. And a good way to get people into it, you know, you might start off with one of these reissues and then say, "Oh, I really like this. Now I want to get the real thing," or my next one is
0: yeah. know, proper vintage, you know, right, right. Now inflation uh, piece. So fifty three thousand dollars back in nineteen forty three, it was thirty five hundred dollars. So okay, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of money back yeah. then. Um, uh, but yeah, this thing is is really cool. I mean, I like like the lugs on it i mean i don't i don't love it i don't what i don't love about this specific watch is a gold uh dial no i think if it was like really no no i think if it was salmon Mm. no i think Mm. if it was like a salmon dial maybe if it was like a white kind of creamy but everything else is beautiful i mean the the sub dials uh that those numerals at 12 the the blue hands right i mean and this is the rose gold, right? It's like a yeah. mix of rose gold with, eighteen with pair, steel? Pink, eighteen pair
2: pink gold, yeah, stainless steel case and lugs, forty millimeters, water resistance, twenty meters. What, what, what's your
0: idea for uh water resistance on a watch? What would be like you sweet spot? Honestly, no less than fifty, and that's already pushing it for me. A hundred would be, yeah, kind of like the perfect. I'd like to
1: see hundred on a modern watch. If it's a super right. watch, then I can tolerate fifty because, like, I'm not going to be wearing that to swim anyway. But if it's less than fifty, mm-hmm. it means I'm thinking when I'm washing my hands. You know, that might not be necessary, right. but it's, just, yeah. it's psychological. It's like it's what you it's what you said, comfortable. know.
0: Right. Yeah, I I just hate when when uh, companies put like thirty minute thirty meter water resistance. It's Like, why? I can't even sneeze on that. I'd probably get messed up. I mean. You know i'm exaggerating here but you know or at least uh, least not when you can see why you know like
1: something if it's like an ultra thin like a octophenisium or like a Piaget titano i'm not thinking that's gonna have a lot of water resistance because like where are you gonna put any water resistance in that but if it's like normal dimensions it's modern and all that it's like what did you guys you
0: know yeah, I know. It makes sense. But I mean, you, you got to imagine also when when watchmakers are selling watches, they're not just focusing a, on a certain demographic, right? I mean, they could be selling watches to, I mean, all over the world. And there is places in the world that is super humid. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily rain, but the humidity That's messes cool. up watches. So oh, yeah. why do you think there's so much patina out there with, with older watches? Not because of the people went swimming with them. I mean, perhaps, but it was because of the humidity. Uh, right. that's why if you're listening to this and you have a watch box and you just started collecting or even you're a seasoned collector what i recommend personally is number one do not store your watches where you shower and number two w- in your watch box whenever you buy something it comes with these what do they call fred p the the little the, uh, bag the, yeah the gel, a silicone the, gel. the silicone gel, whatever yeah. just throw a few in there because that's going to create uh, it's gonna it's gonna help trap any of the moisture so call me right. paranoid but i'm i'm like you know i have a few vintage pieces of my collection like the one my dad gave me it's i can't replace that i don't want it to get messed up you know so right right <laughs> but yeah no absolutely and then brightly i know came out with uh with another one as well right it's called the classic abi reference 765 like how do you guys feel about that i at the prices that are are thought. uh Really? $8,000? So $8,600? You okay with that? Yeah. No, I ain't okay with <laughs> that.
2: But then again, 30 meters water <laughs> resistance.
0: Well, it's 30 right, meters right. water resistance. So that to me, that kind of sucks, you know? Mm, mm, mm. But What is that?
2: I, the, the reference, 765? Yeah, the
0: 765.
2: Seven. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I mean, it yes. looks cool. I really like it. Uh, it's it, it looks awesome. Uh, I like. I'm I'm a fan of of Folum, uh Ofo whatever. Um, I don't, how do you guys feel I about it? Nice. I mean, it depends, right?
2: I think I it's nice. Think it, I think it's nice as hell. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I love the way the indices look. I mean, man. But is that a? Does the bezel is uh, it?
1: Does, okay, yeah, uh, by direct. Okay, cool. Um, I think yeah. it's beautiful I love the fact that it has a B01 but with a manual wind movement on the inside like I've come to mm-hmm, realize like mm-hmm. right. I have three watches I don't need an automatic watch anymore because I rotate between them enough really? yeah because I rotate between them enough that it's like I have to wind them anyway so it's like why do I bother having an automatic okay mm. with 70 hour power Now, in general except like now during lockdown I'm a bit lazier with changing my watches but in general, I would change my watches every two, three days. So it's like... Right. With that, they tend to wind down in the time that I'm not wearing them anyway, so, so you might as well get a manual watch. So I like that they made a manual because hopefully that means they made it a little bit better. Only thing I don't like about it is they didn't give a display case back. You're going to bother putting a modern movie right. and manual wind at that? Let's see it. It'll look good.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, especially if you pick up. Uh, I know they have a, a gold version and a platinum version. The gold version will set you back twenty two mm. thousand dollars. Well, twenty two eight fifty, and the platinum is 39900 nine hundred.
2: Yes, that's right. thousands.
0: That's in the thousands.
2: <laughs> now the crystal is a hesselite. What is the difference between that and uh, your regular uh, acrylic that they used back then, back in the day? I'm not sure if I'm on. And um, I think mean,
0: it's a bit more resistant. That's uh-huh. a good question. That is a great question. I don't know. Does it polywatch? That's what I want to know. Yes, <laughs> it, it would. It, it would. Because
1: I know you can right, right. uh, polywatch on Hesalite on the Speedy. You
0: know, we should, we should start a series. I don't know if you guys seen the, those videos. Will it blend? <laughs> <laughs> Will it polywatch? Be quick videos. <laughs> Be quick, right. I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see P. poly wash uh, his teeth. See, oh, if they, okay. maybe they whiten. I don't know. Maybe uh-uh. they'll fall off. No, I
2: ain't poly washing my teeth. You know what? I actually had <laughs> thought about that when I had uh, well, poly washing your teeth. <laughs> no, no. I when I had did uh, uh, when I had got the Marlin in, and um, I was gonna use poly wash, but I used toothpaste. And it looked like the toothpaste worked a lot better. Then I thought in my mind, like, I wonder if polywatch will work on your teeth, but it probably fucking kill you. (laughs) So, (laughs) no. Uh Okay, so check this out. Hesilight is an advanced form of acrylic, a versatile transparent plastic that has outstanding strength, stiffness, and optical clarity. It dates back to the 1840s and is found everywhere from polishes to contact
0: lenses. Mm. There you go. That's that's what Google's for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, the Omega Speedmaster, what does that have? Obviously, I know there's a Sapphire Hezalite one, but there one. is the... Hezalight. It's Hesalite, Hezalite, right?
2: Hezalite. yeah. Yeah, so it's actually an article from Watch Club, and I'm looking at Best Omega Speedmaster Hazelite versus Sapphire. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a bit controversial right there oh, I, yeah. I, to be honest with you Mr B I don't know if uh, I know uh, Fred knows who he is but uh mr B he he runs a, a YouTube channel and he just recently put out a video about his Omega Speedmaster right it was uh seven years yeah seven year seven review years. or something like that yeah and he had the sapphire the sapphire version right the sapphire uh, sandwich is what they call it which is a display case back. So sapphire front, sapphire back, and his channel is called Mister B, as in boy Mister B. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this, this guy's uh, super cool, a friend of the friend of the channel for sure, um, or at least friend of me. And I don't know, maybe Fred. And I don't know if he knows him, but uh, he's he's a cool guy. He's in Germany actually, and yeah, he reviewed that and it's it's beautiful. I'm like, hey, that's micro right there. If I had the money, yeah, I know the charm of the of the Hesselite and all that, but I would just go with the, with the sapphire. I'm sorry, it's just. You know right, right, I think it looks it looks awesome, but anyway, speaking of Omega, of course, they came out with the three two one so speaking of vintage, very fitting right i mean we we did a whole episode about the three mm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, i mean people people love vintage, another watch, and I know we i don't want to compare them to Omega, but Timex with the q timex. it was a huge success, mhm, yes, right. Sir. It was that vintage aesthetic, that '70s aesthetic. So, vintage watches are are very cool, and I don't know. I, I think that that uh, 2020 is probably going to bring a lot of that. What yeah, you guys like
1: Brightening is already too deep. They did the seven six five too and deep, then, <laughs> and then they did the not as in two T I mean T W O. Like they did the uh, seven six five, and then there's they just wh- did the Top Time a few weeks ago as well. So they, I'm like, right.
2: I'm looking at the type. I'm looking at the Top yeah. Time. Yeah, Yeah, and I think it's about variety, too.
1: I think a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, are looking for diversity and variety.
2: Yeah, and I like... And what they get now. I like that they're
1: doing them in relatively small numbers, so, like, they're not making it a full-on mainstream uh, mainstream watch. But I think it's good, especially, like, at the end of the day, these companies have this history. And better than... Like, I'd rather Brightling do their own reissue of their watch than someone just... Rip off an old Brightling design and put their own brand on. I'd rather go right.
2: court. And then why not go back to that rich yeah. history? You know what I mean? And and, and just drop it like Timex doing, Breitling doing, yeah. everybody like really doing. Order, it. Like
1: you know what I mean? For example, I love that Octavia um, chronograph they have. I'll take that over, yeah. like you know, like their aqua racer chronograph or like a link chronograph because it's a much better looking watch you know some companies like over time it's just the nature you know they kind of lose their way aesthetically so it's like cool bring back the
0: classics you know how about how do you guys feel about the uh the carrera skipper uh you know which no. one down that this that's the one with the yeah so if you look it up is the tag edition carrera skipper they did Ooh, one for Houdini, yeah, and, and and it was beautiful. It's just super cool. It, it's you know what it is is the colors too. I, I love retro yeah. watches because of the colors they used to use. A lot of pastel colors and stuff like that is. I think a lot of the times I think it's super cool. It just have more fun.
1: There's more, like we were saying before. There's just more charm in, in older watches. Like they had less of that sort of looking all the same. The similar thing. Yeah, similar well, I mean, cars like all cars today might look like the same you push the clock back 20 30 years everyone was trying to be different i think that was great
0: yeah no for sure i mean it was they were experimenting yeah. that's what it was you know they were experimenting and then it just feel like like you said for in the 2000s they just kind of get got lazy to be honest right. with you i mean it was it was a few hits here and there but back in the days everything was just like whoa what is that uh, right i mean kind of like when the when the royal yeah. came out I and mean, it was it was crazy. Like, what? You're asking that much money? Yeah, it was, it was completely different. They were charging a, a crazy amount of money for a stainless steel watch, which at the time, it was all about precious metals. So, I mean, it was it was something that just, just changed. And something that I actually wanted to do a whole episode about, and I, I'll talk about it a little bit right now because I don't feel that I've done my research enough, but is um, Loom. So, a lot of people... Maybe don't realize this, and I was telling P. I remember one of, the, I, he was he was gonna buy something, and I told him, basically about lumen, just to be careful, you know, because a lot of people don't know, especially new collectors. If you're listening, pay attention to this. And I I, I do want to make a dedicated podcast uh, episode on this, and I wanted to even talk about it on my YouTube channel to bring awareness to people about radium. There's radium, there's tritium. So if you know, you know. If you're a watch collector, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know, back in the days when people wanted to experiment with well, how can we make our, our watches glow in the dark for the divers, they started experimenting with radiation, something called radium. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have the radium girls. I mean, so it's a very, very sad story. Go look, look it up on Google. Uh, but basically, what happened in a nutshell. Is these women started uh, assembling watches, right? And started putting the loom and a lot of times to make the 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 little dots they, they would use these paintbrushes. So that you had to put saliva on it to make like the little point edge pointier, I guess if you will. And right. a lot of times they they found that the, the radium would make their mouth glow and they thought it was hilarious. So a lot of them will paint their teeth and be like joking around with their fellow mm-hmm. colleagues. Well, turns out a lot of them died and a lot of them were fully mutated because their job started falling off. And anyways, in the fifties, they actually into into the sixties is when they, when they uh, banned radium and they went into tritium, but tritium, it's still radioactive, but it doesn't have that composite that's, that's uh, you know, the, the radioactivity or whatever. But um, tritium is still, still considered radioactive to, to, you know, so Nowadays, if you look at brands like uh, Luminox or uh what is it, Ball watches, right? Um, they have tritium, but they have them inside tritium tubes, just because by law you have to have them inside something. Uh, and the reason why, and there's a really cool article by Hudinky, and like I said, when we do the full episode, I'll link everything. But basically, they found that radium. They were saying for many, many years. The perception was as long as you don't mess with your watch, as long as you don't open it up yourself and you don't disrupt the particles, you're okay. Well, that's not true. It turns out that radium actually dissolves or or not dissolves, but it it converts into a gas. So if you're in a small little apartment, you have a few in in your collection or even one. One of them, that that um, that radium, that uh, nuclear stuff or whatever, uh, radiation starts coming out of your watch. Believe it or not, and it starts affecting you, and it could potentially make you very sick. Mm. So that is one of the reasons when I was looking into my drawer uh, perigo there was one a field style watch that had radium, and I was like, you know what? I've heard some things about radium, but is it bad for you? And I started doing a lot of research, and I was like, this is very scary why is nobody talking about this why is the watch community so silent about this this is very scary like somebody should bring awareness and like i said i i, I feel like i want to do an episode about that i want to talk about it on my channel because yeah call me paranoid but i want to look out after you know for you know after a lot of people you know if you don't if you don't care and you're a collector and you're like you know what i'm rich and i could store my watches somewhere else that's fine but if you're like most of us you sleep with your watches right they're very close to you. You have kids around. So anyway, so the reason I bring that up is because I am a huge fan of tritium and radium and that creamy patina. So that's why I don't have an issue with new watches having that patina Because I love that, but I don't want to have expose myself or my family to radiation. I don't know but... if you guys knew about that or how much you knew about that, but it's pretty scary.
1: Well, I mean, Tritium, you don't have to worry very yeah. much. That's one of the reasons why they changed it. It's still radioactive, but between the fact that it has a very quick half-life, that's why you see most of those Tritium dials saying T less than 25. means that its half-life is yep. less than yep, 25 sure. years. Um, and also the amount yeah, of no, radiation sure. that it gives off wasn't anywhere near as as Tritium. <laughs> so like with Tritium, don't worry. Like No one out there should particularly worry as far as I can tell, because it's the main reason why they switched to it. That compounded with the fact that most tritium watches are extremely old now, uh, the exception being like those ball watches that you mentioned. So it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with tritium, I wouldn't worry. And yeah, with radium, that's another story. Uh, funnily enough, though, that's how the Panerai Radium Mirror got, uh, got its name because it right. is, mm-hmm. uh, of course it's, right. uh, radium on it to light it up,
0: which at yep. the time was like, wow, it lights up. <laughs> yeah. all the time <laughs> and what do you know oh, i'm lighting up and here. it also makes you grow a third <laughs> nipple <laughs> uh, yeah no it, it, it's, it's crazy i just look the the reason honestly let, let's be honest here the, the reason why all three of us know this is because we've been around watches long enough and we've seen enough videos and we've read enough things but you tell me when you first got into watches did you know anything about radium? did you know no. anything about tritium of no. course not. You would never no. in a million years think somebody was was dumb radioactive enough radioactive to put radiation in the
1: Spider Man movie. Yeah. Oh Spider Man 2. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Through that through yeah. that. Yeah. Well let's quickly uh let's quickly switch gears here. And I don't know if you guys saw the new tag hoyer, the wannabe Batman. The aqua <laughs> Yep. How how do you guys uh feel about it?
2: I
1: actually like the way it looks. Yeah, I don't have particularly strong feelings about it, but that's because I don't have particularly strong feelings about the Aqua Racer design in general. Like, it's not a bad-looking watch, but it does suffer, in my view, a little bit of that tag genericness that some of their models...
0: (sighs) I don't like it, man. I've always been... I've never liked the tag Hoyer. I like Hoyer. And I like right. some, of, is it, it's like they have an identity identity uh, kind of crisis because some of their models look hideous, but some of their models right. look really cool. Or um, is
2: it me or do I get like a, a Omega Seamaster feel on this one? Is it
0: just kind me? Kind of. No, I mean, it has those, it has, the vessel definitely has that, uh, those little curves. That it kind of it's, almost It's, it's and a I'm bit just
1: more kind than Seamaster.
0: So a Seamaster has It's more like a mm-hmm. Royal Oak. Yeah, like
1: it's No, like, just it's weird, right? I'm looking at it right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like the aqua racer Mm -hmm. design, not counting the bracelet, but let's face it, not many companies are too original with the bracelet, and there's only so many ways you can do three links. But, like, you look at the the case, it is actually kind of original. It's got a lot of original design cues, but somehow it still manages to look generic. I don't know how they pull that off. Because I can't think of anything else that looks like it, but on the same token, it just, I don't know, for me, it just doesn't jump out. It's a very forgettable design.
0: Right. At least it does have 300 yeah. meters of water resistance. On yeah, but, but it's, a, it's a 43 millimeter design. I, I think Tag Heuer just, I mean, look, I'll, I'll give them this. I'll give them the fact that they spend tons of money on marketing. And a lot of people that don't know a lot about watches think Tag Heuer is a really, really expensive brand. So they've done done a great job with marketing, but just design wise, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I actually had a for about a week when I started collecting. I picked up a, a '80s Tag Heuer Formula One with a plastic vessel on it, mm. and it was horrible. And the quality in that was just bad, and I was like, "What, what the hell is this? Like, it seems so cheap. How how is this a Tag Heuer? Like, it it just didn't make sense to me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean like definitely they. Yeah. They're not consistent in their design or even I think in their quality as well. But on the same token, like they do also have some very good looking watches. And even some of their modern ones look good as well. Like I like those Carrero twos with the open work dials. Those look dope and they're nice and modern. And of course, like just like we were talking about before, you know, their vintage reissues are on point. The Ottavias, the Monzas, like they have such a rich back catalogue and they have been using that for a while. You know, so I like, them mm-hmm. that. and at the end of the day, the way I look at it is like, hey, if this is what funds that, do what you got to do, you know, because obviously these entry level pieces are going to be their volume pieces, and it gets a lot of people into the brand right. and into watches. So, from that perspective, I can't hate on them for doing it. If this is the next, right. you know, like the next Carrera re edition or the next. Edition, or even just the movement development. Like, the higher 2 is a sick movement. 80, 80 hours, power hour reserve. It's insane.
2: Right. Without having
1: to pay, like, you know, 10 grand for it. Or anything like that, then I'm all for it.
2: Right. And what's the price of this baby? 3000 like uh, Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not, yeah, I guess the price, you know, it's, yeah, it's not too 000. bad. And, and I read somewhere, I read somewhere, I forgot what I read. It's like, they were saying the blue and the black is not, is not, a Rolex thing. I mean, Rolex used it, but it doesn't At belong to was, them. I mean, any any watch company. <laughs> I think that's what you meant. Oh, what, was that you? Was that you? I'm sorry. Okay, that was that was you then.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. They're... Okay, there you go. That was the message that I read from Fred. That's that's. Uh, I, I I see so many things on the internet. I forget everything. I'm sorry. But uh, no, you're right. You're right, Fred. I mean, black and black and blue is not a Rolex thing. It's not. You know, it's not copyrighted or anything. But right. already say when i first saw this i'm like oh is that a batman and i'm like oh what what do y'all
1: think about that it is right like let's face it rolex doesn't own specific colors but you know something like i think there's still a very valid argument for saying it's like come on not everything black and blue has to be a batman but there's a very valid argument for um for something like the pepsi the red and blue just because rolex has been doing it much longer, you know. The Batman is what like 2013. Mm-hmm. Like that's why in my view is like, yeah, like, right. They're just colors for one, and they have. It's not like Rolex has been doing it forever that they can just claim, right, the color, right. I you mean,
2: it, it, is it possible that someone wanted to design a watch like a Pepsi design and never seen a Rolex? Is that possible? I know. <laughs>
1: no. <I'm> just <laughs> no. no. Like, okay.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it possible that that would happen and they would they would use
0: the colors that they broke. No, you know what I'm no. saying? You don't think that that's possible? No, we'll give you a little brief history. Like The Timex <laughs> Q, the reason they did the Pepsi is because they saw the success that Rolex had with, with right. uh, Pan Am yeah, right. or whatever, so, and, and, yeah. and, that, and they purposely did it because they're like, right. if we could get that kind of market share but appeal to a lot more people because our our watches are a lot less right. less expensive, more affordable. Then let's do it. So no to to your point. There's right. absolutely no way. And if, look, if you're a watch designer, you're into watches. You look for inspiration. You look for other for the brands and other designs. I mean, you're you're out there exploring. So of course you're gonna know. Especially like a Pepsi. Right, Come right. on, it's so iconic. Well, that's just like what Timex did with they Batman. You know what I'm saying? Like you know. But it's it's forgivable but, uh, though because I mean it's it's a three hundred dollar yeah. watch. You but like, right, if you put yeah. it this
1: way, right? With that Timex, for example, first off, technically those colors for what was the original Pepsi were Pan Am's colors, not even Rolex's colors. So it's like, are you going to say Rolex was ripping off Pan Am? Probably not. And then secondly, right. if you look at that Timex Q, whether it's the current one or, or the original, if you put that next to a, a Rolex Pepsi, are you really going to confuse the two? Are you really going to say they look that nope. similar? Nah. No, people, no, no, you're say, no, those are two different no. watches.: Oh, they both have red and blue though.: That's about it.
2: You could be two mouths exactly. away.: exactly. Like, That's so. my
1: point. In my view, even something as deep as with as deep a history as the Pepsi, I think you can still use red and blue without it looking like a ripoff. And honestly, with this tag,: Right. Again, you put this next to a Batman. I wouldn't actually think that, like, it's a rip-off. It's like, no, they, they're two different watches that just happen to use black and blue. I
2: right.
1: still think the Batman looks better. <sighs> yeah. But that's more yeah. my opinion. But I, w- I wouldn't you? think that they both look similar. So I think it's possible to use these colors without it looking
0: derivative. You know what it is? I mean, look, uh, I'll give it to Tag for not using a black dial. Because if they did a black dial, then for sure, for sure, it would look exactly like a Batman. But they decided to do these colors with a all stainless steel watch. Of course, it's a GMT. I get it. But if they would have done this with, say, for instance, something a little different looking and something maybe with like a leather strap or like a rubber strap, then for sure it would not look like a Batman. But the fact right. of the matter is that it's a full stainless steel watch and they're using those colors then maybe that's why i i, don't I know. think a I blue uh blue yeah. rubber
1: strap would look good that would be cool yeah.
0: yeah but then even even the gmt hand i mean they used a blue gmt hand i'm looking at the rolex they have a blue yeah GMT but i mean like as well i
1: guess i mean but on the same token you can pick out a million things that are different like i'm not trying to defend the tag but in my view i think that's no. for this way. There's a lot of other watches that are okay. much more derivative and much more clearly homages or just straight ripoffs.
0: Like So let me ask you something. If you had three thousand dollars in your account right now, just ready to blow on anything, would you? No, I'd buy it a if owned, uh, no. the master
1: GMT with the uh, with the black and right. uh, silver GMT though. But that's because I like that watch more. You got it. That's like that's not that right. just well, I like now- design of that watch more. I don't cuz I've worn one for a while. <laughs> now,
0: I don't want people to I don't want people to think that myself or any of us are like super picky about things and stuff like that because at the end of the day, there is a lot of watches out there that have that kind of oyster style case, right? A lot. So does that make them a Rolex watch or a Rolex wannabe? It no. No, no. You know? I think it's just so it, to be the same of parts, you know.
1: At the end of the day, it's it's like saying, you know, does AP have a monopoly on putting screws in the bezel? You know, or the, or for nice. example, in the case of Rolex, was like yeah, they came up with a good idea of having the two different colors on the bezel because it helps you denote night and day. Does that mean now everyone has to reinvent the wheel? Are we going to go and say that like it's the same no. as like right. whoever came up with the idea that wheels should be round? We're going to say everyone's copying them because they're making round wheels even if they change all the rest of it. No, round was a good idea. It works.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So then, why why they hate with Tudor watches? Because I've so heard a lot of hate. Offshore
1: next to a Big Bang right now, even the most mm-hmm. uneducated watch person can tell those are two very different watches. You know, there's a lot of other watches again that are full-on homages that do it much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we just give a lot of these brands hate. Yeah. I think Tag gets hate in this case, for example, just because you know they're popular. They're there are a lot of people who will buy them. They're in the firing line, you know, for more scrutiny. If this was a micro brand charging 1500 for it, they'd probably get less attention, less hate for it. And people would say, oh, yeah, you know, but it's a great value proposition. It costs, you know, 10% of the GMT.
0: Mm. What do you think a lot of it has to do with a lot of tech hoarders being quartz and being uh, overpriced? I don't think...
1: It has to do with a lot of the main courts because there's a lot of good courts watches out there. I do think that probably TechWare gets a lot of slack just because a lot of their lower end straddles that line of sort of being a bit more fashion watch and not really like watch watch. But then again, yeah, we got to remember that we're a small community, you know, or a drop in the water. There are probably thousands, what? if not probably knowing tech, probably sales mm-hmm. number, probably millions of people other than us. Who couldn't give a flying fuck their, their movements or courts, or that you can get better watch value out of things that are cheaper. But they're not buying watches for their sort of you know horological value or whatever. They're buying it because they like the look of it, and they think the brand looks good on them.
0: Well, now they came out with um, the yeah. Tag Heuer Connected. I don't know if you guys saw that, but. They they they, they want to yeah, play well, in that Apple space. I'm
1: curious to what right. it goes up. And A run.
2: lot of companies getting into that. A lot
0: of companies getting into that tech space. Yeah, yeah. well, they, they, they kind of have to, to to get that market appeal, not from right. collectors, but from just the general public. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Apple's beating everybody, you know? So. Yeah, because
2: I, I know Fossil either Fossil bought into Google, I think. And they're supposed to be coming out with their own smartwatch. If it ain't already out, I read about this like last year. So really interesting. What yeah. about the uh the uh the the Casio oak and the royal oak? Was Casio fully aware? Were they trying to? Yes, yes. You think so? You really think so? Oh, come on,
0: man. For sure. For sure. <laughs> you don't think so? Come
2: on. I, I'm, just, I'm just asking the question, bro. I'm just asking the question. I think they're yeah, aware, no, but I don't I, think, I they think, think they think so. They what about anymore. you, Fred?
1: And I have a lot of trouble with someone looking at that. Right. At that next to a Royal Oak or the next to an Offshore and saying, like, all those are the same watch, those are from the same brand, like very clearly very different watches different propositions and that's the right, thing right, I think right. if there is clear differentiation it's fair game I think when it's not doing anything new to the design when it's really copying lots of elements not just one or two basic elements you know then I think that's where there's more issue um, and that's like where I feel the lack of originality is because at the end of the day like let's face it Between the internet, it's fucking difficult to remain ignorant, which means either consciously or subconsciously, some of these design cues will imprint on you. If you're a watch designer, you've seen other watches, most likely. So nothing is really going to be completely original in an industry that's Mm -hmm. been around for, what, 300 years? If we're we're talking, like, not talking about, like, sundials and stuff. So... Like, I think it's important to maintain that right. perspective. Nothing's going to be completely original. But the question is, how much do you differentiate from what other stuff has been made?
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. Everybody borrows, you know, things from each other or whatever. So that is true. what it is. But uh, it's all recyclable. It is. It is. It is so. all right, boys. Is that 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 time uh, in the episode that we talk other things? <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. to talk about Star Wars.
1: All right, I'll, I'll get more he was... on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we say why? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We've been I getting know, some you know, uh, a lot,
2: lot of negative I'm Star surprised. Wars complaints for some reason. I'm just <laughs> is Star I'm Wars just surprised. I'm I don't, i do not know what's I'm wrong not, with people.
0: I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Not, right. uh, Definitely not listening yeah. to this podcast. I spent to this, uh, <laughs> podcast. yesterday
1: watching uh, Casa de Papel. Um, what is it in English? Uh, Money Height? Money Height is what they, is what they call the show. House I of in English, Paper? In English word. Casa de um, um, Papel. Fuck, that's a show. I'm not going to okay. spoil anything, but I had a very good time watching all episodes of it. All eight episodes of the new season in one day. Netflix? Uh, Netflix
0: where can i find it? Netflix. Okay, cool. Nice. All right, Pete.
2: Um, I spent this week watching uh Star Trek Picard. Okay. on CBS Access and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was great to see Jean-Luc Picard again. Uh, you know, it was great great, great sci-fi series. Patrick Stewart, You know
1: I mean? so really just, into that sci-fi stuff. Again. <laughs> yeah. And Props to him for being like 60 for the last great. 50 years. Great, great, The man does not age. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He, got, he, got like, he got like the Morgan Freeman effect and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Morgan Freeman did the election, <laughs> he was 50 then. And that was in the 70s, so.
0: <laughs> Holy smokes. Really? You know how old what was mean? that guy then? I don't,
2: really old? He, he, uh, Fre- yeah, I don't know. he? Morgan how
0: Freeman? Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Do I don't say know how that old God Morgan first made like a back. So, <laughs> he
2: had
1: great hair I mean, in the electric chair. That just gives us an idea. Of, like, I think we have to carbon date Morgan Freeman. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> shit. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to recommend something to you guys. It's a complete train wreck. And I, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, or maybe not. But I've been seeing a bunch of memes all over the place of this whole Tiger King and Tiger King. What the hell is this stuff? Because I saw it on on Netflix, and I'm like, eh, that's pretty boring.
2: I watched the first episode of it.
0: Okay, okay. I I binged the whole thing. I, I could not stop watching it. There's just something about it, and it's not about the cats. It's not about the tigers and the lions and the animals. It's about the people it's just incredible I'm like how is this even possible how are people acting this way and being so reckless and it's an incredible journey I mean you you you. if you want to see a train wreck and you want to feel better about your life go watch Tiger King and uh, this right. is crazy it's just so funny scary weird I, I don't even know how to describe it but I've been trying to, try, trying to get my wife to watch it and she's like no, I don't think I'm gonna like it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you will. It's a train wreck, you gotta watch these these people, <laughs> right? So, so everybody else uh listening, or you guys, I mean, you saw the first episode, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it was
2: crazy, it was crazy. But what's even more crazy, what I learned is that uh, Prince actually sued him for something, what? Yeah, um, with Joe Exotic, or? yeah, yeah, hmm. actually suing. I don't know what for. It was just a headline that I seen on um Yahoo News. I ain't got a chance to read it, but he talks about it apparently. But I'm gonna read it probably after I get off of this call. But yeah,
0: okay. no, I but, yeah, recommend it, it, it. I mean, it's it's funny.
2: Was, it was interesting, like just to see, like, like they really thought that the Tigers trying to bite them, and they took it as the Tigers was playing. Like, no, they fucking Tigers. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but it gets better. It gets, it gets. It, I, I can't say anything. I just it it involves craziness. It involves people getting married to multiple people. It involves maybe some people losing uh, some limbs. Uh, I don't know. People plotting murder. Yeah, it just gotta watch it. Drugs.
2: It reminds <laughs> me of
0: the, the old joke
2: Chris Rock told, which is when he said, "Uh." About the guy in the circus who got killed by the yeah. tiger, and everybody blamed the tiger. <laughs> they, tried, they tried to make it seem like the tiger was crazy. He said that the tiger was doing crazy. What tiger the tiger do. went tiger. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know what I mean? He like yo, he said uh, the tiger would be like he would be crazy if he was on a, a tricycle with a helmet yeah. on. Then he would <laughs> say, "I'm a crazy tiger. I'm a crazy tiger." <laughs> No, the <laughs> Tiger going crazy though, is when he was not tiger. biting
1: people's fucking hands <laughs> heads off. All the other times that stunt worked is when the right. tiger wasn't right. it was when
0: the Tiger right. was going crazy.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, you guys mm-hmm. gotta watch it. Is is I recommend it. I mean, obviously he's hyped up for a reason. Not the best TV you can watch, but it's it's entertaining. I mean, definitely seven hours of your life, you know. So, Mm-mm-mm. but anyways, Fred P, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at
2: Ross Wristwatch Love, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram.
1: Uh, Y'all can find me, Shaluso, on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And I do, from time to time, update my website as well, Shaluso.com. Right. Nice. Oh, you can find...
2: Wait, hold, hold oh. wait, 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 wait. In 2007, <clears throat> Prince the musician sued Lowe for allegedly selling clothing with Prince's trademark symbol.
0: <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Oh. Go, ahead. Go
2: ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, I was just going to say you can find me so can watch reviews on Instagram and uh, YouTube channel. And if you have somebody that speaks Spanish and not much English and you want them to. Maybe see uh, a Spanish video called Relojeando. I'll, I'll leave it in the description, Relojando, and, and that's my Spanish, um, you know, channel. I don't do much there, but I, I, I try to stay active just to, to represent for my community, the Hispanic community, uh, because it's huge. It's a huge market, and, and they're into watches, of course. Represent uh, that shit. Well, you got to represent it, and, and of course, Fred has a bilingual yeah, channel. Yeah, pretty so much check out. English he puts and out uh, English and Spanish. It's a lot of work. Represent that shit, y'all. Represent that shit. I'm representing for the hood. For the hood. Nice. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, hey, look for more videos uh, coming out. We just did another collaboration for the 10 minute wind down, right? We did the Hamilton Navy Navy Stuba, yeah. And then we did the the what was it? The uh, the Max Bill, Max the Max Bill, the Max Bill. So so look for those look for those videos coming out very soon. And thank you for the support. It's been it's been awesome. Uh, thank you so much, as as always. P. Fred, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and it's always my friends. Stay humble.